In today's episode, Amy Froud of the MBA admissions and recruiting team sits down with Ivy MBA alumni Temi Basari, Christine Beezy, and Manette Carr to discuss their experiences in the Ivy program. Each will share unique perspectives on their reasoning to pursue the MBA, special differentiators that were important to them, as well as supports and networks in place to help them on their MBA journey. We hope you enjoy the conversation. everyone for joining us this evening. Uh, so I'm really, really happy to be joined by three amazing MBA women uh, who have agreed to join me tonight. My name is Amy Froud. I'm the Associate Director for the MBA Full-Time Program at Ivy School of Business. Um, and so just a quick thank you to everyone who's joining us uh, from, from around the world. Uh, I know this is a a global program. And so we welcome you. Uh, and, and hopefully we will hear from you uh, throughout the webinar. But uh, this session will be focused on the Ivy, uh, the women of Ivy, uh, to be exact. And uh, over the next 45 minutes or so, uh, we're going to be joined by Ivy alum who are going to be sharing their experiences um, at Ivy and talk a little bit about why they made the decision uh, to do their MBA to do their MBA at Ivy uh, and some of the key differentiators uh, that they thought about when making that decision. Also, we do know that there are some key things uh, to consider when, when thinking about an MBA and, and I would say unique considerations with, uh, with women who are looking at the MBA, whether it's, you know, personal factors, um, could be their background, it could be timing, it could be a number of things. Uh, I, I know I've heard that uh, when speaking with candidates and so um, who better to share than, than these three women who've actually lived the experience. So I, I'm excited uh, to, to, to have this discussion, but uh, I, I think first to kick it off, uh, I'd love to turn it over to my three guests who uh, I, I will allow you to do your introductions and, and, and please tell us a little bit about your pre-MBA background and a little bit about what you're doing now. And so I think what we'll do is we will stop, according to what I'm looking at <laughs> from, from my end of things, I'm going to start uh, with Temi. So over to Temi. Thanks, Amy. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Timmy. I I'm I graduated from the class of um, 2022. Uh, it's almost two years now, and it's just like yesterday. But um, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm a finance professional. So uh, before Ivy, I'd been working in Nigeria for about 13 years, and I'd been thinking about getting an MBA for seven years before I eventually started at Ivy. So, you know, hopefully that's one of the things we'll talk about today, just in terms of like how as women we think about it and then we shy away and then we come back and before we, you know, you know, with time, time, time's going. But I've worked in banking um, for a while. I worked in commercial banking, worked in investment banking, you know, across multiple roles. And um, now, and all of this experience was in Nigeria and in other African markets. But now post MBA, I work in another global financial institution in Canada. I work in CT now. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation today. So thanks for having me. Great. Thanks, Tammy. And then we will move down one square. Uh, that would be Christine. Over yeah. to Christine. 
Yes, thanks, Amy. And hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Christine Beasy. I was an MBA 2010. Uh, and I was an engineer before I came to Ivy. I worked, I actually graduated in a program that went into Nortel and all its subsidiaries. It was called engineering physics. And then Nortel went bust right before I graduated. So there were no jobs. So I ended up fortunately getting into oil and gas, but I wasn't, it wasn't an industry that really spoke to me or resonated with me. It was just the means to an end. Um, and what I really wanted from an MBA was, I was looking for the next thing. I, I didn't, I got, I got my PN. I was really satisfied to do that, but I didn't see myself long-term getting more and more detailed into engineering or, or that fulfilling me. And it was really interesting that there was, I can talk about it more later, but there was this moment when I realized that I was missing a piece of, of the equation. And it really came from strategy and finance and operations. And I felt like an MBA would really marry well with the toolbox that I had from engineering, but give me a little more street savvy or business savvy. Um, and so I, I went to do my MBA. I I ended up in finance. So I, I similar to Temi, ended up at, uh, at RBC in capital markets. So I worked on the trading floor. I did a rotational program. I was a stock analyst, did a few other things, but now I'm the founder of a financial startup called Untangle Money, and we're getting a financial plan to the hands of every woman in Canada. So I'm um, happy to talk more about that as well. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. And last but of course not least, <laughs> we're moving over to Manat. Hi, everyone. My name is Manat Carr. I am part of the Class of 23 uh, MBA program. I come from a very different background, very non-traditional. I am a emergency registered nurse. Uh, so I did my Bachelor's of Science in Nursing, went ahead and joined the emergency department, and I loved the unpredictable nature of it, the hands-on experience, um, and every day was a different day. So definitely loved that. Um, but I always had the intention of doing graduate school. So the original plan was to be a nurse practitioner. And during the pandemic, I didn't necessarily like how the Ontario government was um, dealing with nurse practitioners. They weren't as highly involved as I would have liked personally. So I knew that was kind of the fork in my trajectory of do I want to continue pursuing this or can I still make an impact in healthcare, but not necessarily on the front line. So I actually had a really close friend. She did her MBA at Ivy, chatted with her, and I knew this is, this is where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Ivy for my MBA. So currently, I am a healthcare technology consultant where I basically advise numerous hospital organizations what technologies they should include into their new hospital that they're being built. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I'm super happy I did the MBA. <laughs> and we'll touch a little bit more on that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but that's fantastic. And I mean, just to, to see the breadth of experience, you know, just in terms of, you know, where you're all coming from. We've got a CFA, we've got a PN who's you know, completely transition. And of course, with Manat being an emergency uh, room nurse, it's like, it just shows you um, the diversity that comes into the program, um, and what you can do with that. Um, but what really kind of stood out to me just through your introductions was like the impact and 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 what you're looking to to gain through the MBA. And, uh, and so we'll touch on that as well. But um, maybe just to start the conversation, I think it would be great to, to hear a little bit about um, um, from each of you and, and your own stories in terms of really deciding on doing the MBA and what was it that propelled you forward to take that step? Um, you know, what led you to the decision? Um, you know, was, was it 
an instance? Was it something that was long term? Was it um, kind of marinating for a while? You you had identified gaps, but it was like, uh, is this the right time? Um, and so maybe if you can touch a little bit on that, and then also, of course, you know, what was it that led you to Ivy um, as your MBA school of choice? So I'll I'll let um, whomever <laughs> start the the conversation there. Who'd like to jump in? I can go first. Um, sure. So for me, like I noted, I had been thinking about it for a while. Um, and what really stood out to me about getting, and so so I'm a you know, chartered financial analyst, and I was working in finance, and I've worked in banking for a long time. And when I was thinking about getting an MBA, it was all about building credibility for me. So, you know, after talking to people who had gone, you know, for business education and just doing my research online, you know, I came to the realization that, again, business education cuts across all these verticals. So there's strategy and there's quantitative, you know, decision analysis and the intersection of finance and economy and all this interesting stuff that, you know, all the pithy, diverse and incredibly insightful conversations and perspectives that you can learn in class that all contribute to helping you build that knowledge and expertise, you know. Uh, as women, for, for example, showing up with an MBA from a very good school like Ivy, um, showing that you know what you're doing and having that executive presence, it just shows that you mean business. It shows that you're not here to play, you know, so that kind of credibility because, you know, when when you show up like that, people trust you. People trust you to lead teams. They trust you to manage a big balance sheet. They trust you to build out a business. And sometimes as women, you know, we need that push, you know, to remind us to show up and occupy space. So I wanted to build that credibility. And again, having an MBA helps with your earning potential, as I'm sure all the other pan you know, panelists would agree with me. So that was very top of mind for me. And during my research, the case approach to learning was very compelling for me because I'd been working for a long time. So I didn't just want to come to a class and read textbooks. I wanted to have real, you know, real life conversations that I could relate to. I wanted to pick up a case book about, you know, a Starbucks that I saw on the road before working in and just understanding their business strategy and why they make the decisions that they make and, you know, running through that thought process, you know, so that was very um important for me so ivy stood out um i spoke with a couple of you know ivy alumni and the executive presence it was just different you know when you're talking to people from <laughs> ivy there's something that you can't put your finger on it and i don't even know when it happened but i know i went in there and i came out and i started sounding like them <laughs> you know so 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 that was very important for me and i'll say that i'm honestly glad that i made that decision because all of my experience like i noted was in africa and in africa we had a lot of exposure to the European markets, but not that much exposure to the North American markets. And I wanted that, um, you know, diversity, so to speak, to my experience. So I took the leap, uh, came to Ivy, and Ivy helps you do what you want to do. If you want to pivot to go to another, you know, sector, you're able to do it. If you want to go deeper into your expertise, you're able to do it. So th that really stood out for me. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you for that, Temi. Anyone else have anything to add to that? I just, a lot of that resonated, um, Temi. I think that it was really, uh, I approached it slightly differently, but I definitely appreciate the thought process of having um, different geographical representations because, and I, 
different cultures and different um, locations do have a different approach to things. And, and I really think that's a clever way that I probably wasn't astute enough to think about going into the into the MBA. Um, for me, it was a little bit more of there was this moment early on in, in my engineering career where I was asked, and this is really silly, but I was asked to um, design a pump and I was so excited and I like made the perfect pump and I went to my client or I went to the project lead on on it and he he just laughed at me and he said, "Go, Christine, go to the books and go to like the, like the site map, find out what supplier they use, find out what pumps they offer. If you're twinning it, you want the exact same pump and, um, you know, and I had put all this effort and thought and engineering stuff into this pump. And he's like, no, you have operations staff who are trained on the equipment they have. You have spare parts that you need to consider that are already there and you don't want to create more, you know, capital outlays or, you know, working capital costs. And he, it, I just, it was this moment when I was just like, I had no idea there was more to, a simple pump design than the engineering behind a pump design. And, you know, I was worried about what type, there's a couple of different styles of pipes and pumps, sorry. Um, and that's what I would, my main concern was. And he was like, no, you've completely overcomplicated this in a, in a, in a completely unnecessary way. And, and I realized at that point, engineering was a tool that was used by business people to create um, solutions and, and depending on the values of the company or, and the values, what they were trying to achieve, they would put the parts together in the way that behooved them the best. So, um, that was sort of the moment when I realized I was more interested in why they picked that pump overall and like more the bigger picture than why we designed the pump that way. Cause I was like, oh, and then once you've designed one pump, you like, it's like, this one's too big, this one's too small, this one's just right. Um, and so uh, at the time, the oil and gas industry was booming and you could, if you're an engineer, they were not moving you. I was, I got as close as I could to sort of business um, uh, decisions doing front end engineering, which is like mm -hmm. high level stuff, which was really great. I think if I had my whole day filled with that, I probably wouldn't have left. That was, it was, that was challenging and creative enough, but it was only like 15, 25% of my time. So the rest of the time I was just doing like pump sizing or pumps lines ugh, it just got really old really fast um and i spoke i think this is really great advice that was give, given to me and i want to i want to pay it forward look in your network and see successful people and uh, that have an mba and that don't have an mba and ask them uh, if they thought they need an mba to get there just to see what their answer is um and so i did that and then the other piece of advice i thought was really interesting was where do you want your career to be? Um, if you see yourself living in Canada long term, pound for pound, Ivy is probably one of the strongest business schools, if not the strongest business school. Some depends somewhat on your um, industry vertical. But um, again, that executive presence that Tammy was talking about, you know, I had none of it. Um, as an engineer, and it really, they really polished me up nice and shiny. And I've actually worked consciously to remove it as I'm working with the public and I'm finding it hard to put back on because you need exposure to that you need mm -hmm. you know it, it's a habit it's a it's a muscle um and so I think um and it was one year and I agree with Tammy I was I was older um it was suggested maybe I do my EMBA but I really wanted to get in and out and and change course um and so it was one year and I really wanted that class case-based learning mm -hmm. and 
the day I sat, the first day I sat in class and everybody went through their introductions, I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> uh, and it just, you know, we had just people all over the yeah. world. It was wonderful. So I'll yeah. stop there, but it was great. And we'll touch on that a little bit. I think that's what we call imposter syndrome. And it could be a little bit different for, for women coming in. But so fear, so far, I'm hearing kind of themes around um, the professional presence piece, uh, the, the one-year program, the case-based study. So I'm wondering if there's anything else, um, Manat, or maybe you want to kind of add on to that a little bit. Yeah, honestly, I think Timmy and Christine, like they really covered it well um, from leaving a bedside nursing type of job, um, I had to really decide, okay, if I'm not doing a master's of science in nursing to be a nurse practitioner, am I going to do a master's in health administration or business administration? So Christine really touched on it. She said, hey, talk to people that you know that did an MBA. And that's exactly what I did. And I also spoke with people that did a master's in health administration. And a really good friend of mine, she said, Manat, why are you doing health administration? You're already from that industry you want to grow within that industry why don't you add more tools to your toolkit do an MBA it'll open you to different ways of thinking um, and your whole class will be engineers or um, come from a hospitality background or other industries and you really get that full picture kind of look into everything and really understand the business of healthcare and not only the delivery of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, having that exposure to the different cultures, backgrounds, um, just gave me more of an insight to what mm-hmm. healthcare could really offer for everyone really um so and honestly you don't see a lot of healthcare professionals from my background do an mba so i knew ivy in particular being one of the best business schools in canada would set me apart um not only with the actual degree itself but the name itself too so mm-hmm. i figured hey let's take the leap and do it and so happy i did <laughs> good Good. Well, we love to hear that. And we are happy that you did as well, Manat. Um, (laughs) So I I think, you know, this is a good segue into the next question because, Manat, you were touching on your background and coming from a non-traditional background. I know, um, you know, the the calls I take and and meeting with students and, um, and, and I think that sometimes you know, women might devalue uh, their their backgrounds or minimize um, the experience or, you know, the breadth or, or depth of that or knowledge, whatever it might be. I think um, sometimes it's, um, I guess it, it's minimized. And so I think it's really important to share um, perspectives for those that have gone through the program, um, you know, in, in terms of how you tackled that, um, because I think it's, it's, it's definitely um, an issue that, that we deal with in terms of the imposter syndrome. I'm not a right fit. I don't have this. I don't have that. Why did they choose me? Um, a number of scenarios. I'm, I'm sure you've all um, probably uh, been in that position at, at one time. And, and so so I, I'm curious because I, I'd love to hear from you in your own words, how each of you approach that, um, you know, how you worked through it and were there supports in place for you, um, you know, to, to help you in terms of connections or what did you do to manage that um, while you were, you know, deciding on the program, but also in the program. So maybe we can change it up. I don't know. Christine, do you want to go first? Yeah, I can jump in. I 
I, I don't know if they still do this, but I think they do. I was lucky. I was in Calgary. They did a first class on the road mm-hmm. that I was able to sample. So mm-hmm. I sat in and I left there feeling like I had been turned on. I, yeah. My brain left. It was, um, and I just wanted more. And, mm-hmm. and that really, um, so if you have a chance, if there's one near you, I highly recommend going. It's a really great test uh, and learn. I really like small experiments. Um, so it's a really great test and learn to see if the case-based method resonates because mm-hmm. it doesn't for everyone. But if if you like it, you're going to like Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't like it and you want to read a book, maybe not the right fit uh, as mm-hmm. much. So, but for me, I just, I loved it. And mm-hmm. um and I was actually also really lucky in the sense that I was enough. I was there's usually finance consulting and other, which is marketing, and probably Manat was in there as well. Um, so I, as an oil and gas person, I was in other. And when I did the call, um, the intake call, um, it was with the head of admissions at the time, and she's a fairly she was a fairly intimidating and and really impressive woman, and. And so we were having a conversation and I was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, I'm going to just stop you. This isn't going very well. Would you like to compose yourself and try again? And that was a real gift. You know, I think I had really, it's, it's, it's weird. It's almost like I was talking myself down and out of it before I even had the chance. Right. Um, And I also think in a way that was a way of like, not, not taking a swing at the bat. And, mm-hmm. and she, she she was very kind. She said, here are the things we like about you. These, you're str- strong. I want you to take five minutes and I want you to come back and I want you to sell me on you because we were sold on you and you're talking me out of it. And I, I that was a gift. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be here today if if she hadn't um, had, hadn't taken the time to do that. And uh, and that was really lucky. So um, I can talk more about some of the things I took advantage of in the class, but I'll stop there. And, they, and I also... Um, they will try to find alumni you can talk to. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend taking them up on that. And then Forte Foundation wasn't around when I was there, but it's specifically designed. It's a foundation specifically designed for women and helping them getting into their an MBA program specifically. Yeah. So, um, it's an organization are- near and dear to my heart, also. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, that that's wonderful. Um, I don't uh, mind jumping in, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so before the MBA program, like I said, I had a friend who was a registered nurse by background and she just completed her Ivy MBA program. Um, and so hearing her perspective was an eye opening, uh, conversation in particular, she talked about the case-based method, which was new to me, Mm -hmm. but in the way my brain works, I essentially interpreted as, okay, Every day, or not every day, but every class, you're going to be given a case and you have to solve it. So in my mind, I'm interpreting, okay, it's a patient that I'm dealing with. They're coming to the hospital for this problem. How am I solving this? Mm -hmm. So in just having that very candid conversation with my fellow nurse, um, it was an interesting way of thinking about it. But you actually realize that every industry does the same thing. You solve Mm -hmm. problems. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, and I get that exposure to different cases, different industries, um, it allowed me to understand what are the solutions that are out there in the world. Um, And sure, it can be daunting at times, but in the program, when you're exposed to 
different industries and different professionals having their input regarding a financial mm-hmm. problem was super fascinating. And even during the program, I knew that, okay, if I'm do- going ahead into this finance class, um, I don't, I'm not coming out of this program to be a CFA. I just need to have a good understanding so that way I can look at a financial statement and say, hmm, that seems off to me. And why is that off? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think just coming in with that um, mindset of you're not going to be an expert in accounting, mm-hmm. finance, and all the different subjects, mm-hmm. that's a-okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just having an understanding of this is what you're going to be exposed to and how are you going to handle it? What are yeah. the people that I'm going to chime in to help me solve this problem? You're not doing this by yourself always. Yeah. Um, so I think that really helped me get over this imposter syndrome and anything mm-hmm. of that kind of mm-hmm. um, apprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, even during the program, whenever there was a big finance exam coming up, all the CFAs would host a big financial review session. So you're really going into the program with a huge network and supportive network, really, to to help you take every step of the way as possible. And it was fantastic. So now I know if I am a chief nurse, nursing officer one day and they're hiring a, um, a chief financial officer, I know who to call because you're making all these incredible contacts in the program. So I, right. I can't encourage any more than I'm already doing so, but <laughs> it's, it's been a great opportunity and, I, and I'm happy I went this dream rather than a master's of health administration where that mm-hmm. was my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think you grow being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's my immediate two cents on yeah. doing this really. Yeah, that, no, that that's great. And I, I, I liked how you, you know, you, you touched on the, the broadness of the program, right? And and everyone's coming from one area. You're not expected to be an accountant coming in, you know, you're not expected to, to know how to read financial reports or reports necessarily, but there are those that can, and you can lean on those people. And so you use those um, individuals to your advantage and they're going to also lean on you, right? And sure. The For sure. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know that that's a really great point. I think the recruiting and admissions team does a fantastic job in identifying individuals that are, that have certain characteristics of building this incredible alumni network. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They want everyone to be supportive and helping and of course, smart and everyone is smart. Um, But yeah, they do a fantastic job in, 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 in building that network. Yeah. That's, I, that's I agree. I, I, I'll jump in there agreeing 100% that they do an incredible job. In fact, uh, my friends and I would joke about how they even do an incredible job of putting us into classes. I feel like the people in <laughs> class A and B have like type A personality in one place that everything just works together. And mm-hmm. honestly, everybody brings something unique to, to the table. Yeah. My, my finance professor, I remember very clearly where he said, look, all the CFAs and all the CPAs in this class, I'm going to advise you to just put that to the side and listen to me. And it's the truth. You know, if you come with that mindset of, oh, you know, I'm a finance professional, like I got this, you just keep missing like the yeah. really important parts of the class. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you're not really um, getting into the nitty gritty. And when you put that aside, when you listen to people, when you mm-hmm. listen to people from non-financial background, actually analyze some things you're like oh my goodness I would not have thought of it you know that way and Mm -hmm. it's really the community and the tribe at at, at Ivy for Mm -hmm. me you know as Mm -hmm. women we have 
many other challenges, you know, like, you know, being mm-hmm. married. I'm married. I had two kids before IV, um, being caregivers, you know, for your parents. And all of this creates an extra level of, you know, pressure for mm-hmm. you. And, you know, it, it makes it really stressful. And so you need your tribe. And at IV, I found my tribe. Even before I started, I keep telling people, I'm like, I don't understand it. But IV was with me from the beginning, even before, like, I, I, I had offers from two different schools before i made that decision ivy was there from essentially hiring a lawyer to get me a study visa like they paid for it i'm like okay this is something like (laughs) there must be something special about me that this school is seeing that i'm not seeing you know but ivy really supports you and even when we started you know the faculty would always say stuff about you know how they're just here for you you know especially for women and there's a lot of research about i i don't know if this is anecdotal information but how you know women are sometimes heavier we're having problems with imposter syndrome and not being able to speak confidently and all of that it's like Mm -hmm. the faculty is aware of that and they're constantly reinforcing the fact that you are competent, you're unique, you're enough, you're exactly what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. After a while, you start to believe it because mm-hmm. honestly, it's a fantastic um, community to be a part of. You know, women in, in management, um, I am a Forte Fellow. I know Christine mentioned that. You know, I had the support from Forte Fellowship. We had the group of, you know, women in management who came together um when i started we still had like the covid restrictions in canada so for a full seven months i didn't see my kids and i remember mother's day i was at home i was actually i was sad and feeling depressed because i hadn't seen my kids and i just heard this knock at the door and i come there and i have flowers and i have from the women in management and you know i just felt like i truly belonged to a family who was there to help me succeed both professionally and even I'm telling you, I've made lifelong friends, you know, at Ivy and it's it's something that you can't really put a price on. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's invaluable. Wow. That is oh my my heart is warm. <laughs> just, uh, just listening to that. That's I mean, exactly how I felt. <laughs> that is that is, you know, that is um that is so valuable. And um yeah, I mean, it, those words, it, they really do resonate. And I think, um, you know, you touched on a few different areas in terms of support and the network, um, the networks available and, you know, your tribe that you built. And uh, I think it's very organic, you know, just how it happens. But, you know, if we can talk a little bit about the supports, because I think early on um, in in the process, I think, you know, that's when things, you know, th- there can be moments where, you're second guessing and it's okay. What am I doing right now? Have I, have I made the right decision? Um, and so, you know, Ivy does try uh, to incorporate that into the onboarding process because often it can be months uh, where students have applied six, eight, 10 months out before the program starts. And so, you know, developing some relationships, uh, you know, through online platforms, through whether it's LinkedIn channels, through the Slack group. Um, I know everyone's belonged to different ones, but or being budding up um, or having a forte buddy. Um, those are, you know, the, the processes that we put in place uh, to to try to to help women uh, feel comfortable and, and form those relationships earlier on. So I'm glad that you spoke a little bit about that. Um, and so I'd be interested to know if any of you, I know, Temi, you were a Forte fellow. Did anyone belong to the Women in Management Club? What, was anyone a part of that? 
Yeah. And, and so I know um, that that is one of the biggest questions that we get, like, how can women get involved? Um, how can, how can they grow themselves? Um, how can they kind of uh, move the needle, if, if you will? And so um, how, how did that come to be? And what would be the process for, for getting involved? And, and what type of um, activities are involved in that, if any of you can speak to that? Um, I guess I can begin. Um, for the class of 2023, the Women in Management Club, um, I want to started probably the, the first month of school beginning. Yeah. Um, there were first, um, um, campaigns regarding who wants to, who wanted to be the president and vice presidents for the women in management club. Um, so two ladies from my um, year got that title and immediately they started hosting a lot of events. Um, and one particular event that really stood out to me was actually having a very candid conversation with one of the female professors at Ivy and understanding her struggle um, being a woman in a very male dominated industry and having that insight to her firsthand experience, but also just having that vulnerable conversation um, was super, it was super, very, it was very, um, it was very memorable because she touched on her hardships. She talked about her successes in her journey and you left that room thinking you left that room thinking that you're empowered um, and that, hey, I need to make strides so that way my fellow females that are falling by me, or not even just females, but for everyone, um, that you can also empower others as well um, so that other people don't have to go through the hardships that that professor went through. Um, so that was a definitely like a notable event, but in general, they hosted a lot of events for everyone to attend. Um, but yeah, by far, that's that's definitely one event that the women in management team um, uh, held, and that was that was incredible. Uh, but I'd say for how, how do women get involved? You can really join any clubs or um, or events and everything. I was part of the MBA association as a section representative, so I was highly involved in the social activities as well as um, events for my particular section. Um, I was involved in the healthcare committee um, and then I graduated as valedictorian. So I made sure I was very involved in everything I could um, just cause I'm that social person. But I also kept in mind that, hey, I haven't seen this person come around to a lot of the events and why is that? So I chat with them and say, hey, what's going on? And so sometimes they'd say, you know, Manat, I have a family to take care of. So it's a bit challenging for me. And so we'd make sure that future events, there's maybe a hybrid option or we do something so that way they'd be involved so there's lots of opportunities for not even just women but a lot of people to be involved yeah that that's absolutely let me go ahead yeah in in my year we also had a mentorship program for women especially where i was matched with a top executive um from from Bay Street, whom I wouldn't have had access to on my own and and that was very helpful you know so I, i'd say that you have to come with the mindset of not not being afraid to ask for help because because you're not going to be able to do it alone and you have this ready um supportive community of classmates and faculty and and you know people that are just willing to help you and when you build your own you know tribe of connections and like-minded people it's going to go a long way to 
one, give you a fresh perspective on the career decisions that you have to make, you know, because, I mean, some people come here, a lot of people come for different reasons. Some people want to, you know, pivot into another um, career, you know, altogether. Some people want to, you know, for different reasons. But when you start the MBA program, there's a tendency for you to get even more confused, like a lot of things happening. There's consulting club and these people come and, you know, going all over the place. But having a community of like-minded people mm -hmm. will help you, you know, take, you know, just have those deep conversations to really get to know who you are. We also had the career management team. They were very like instrumental in helping you see yourself and build your story and know, you know, what you're selling and being able to articulate what you bring to the table and, and just generally doing it with people. It helps because look, it's an MBA. It's going to stretch you, right? That's why it's transformational. You're going to have to put in the work and knowing that you don't have to do it alone. You have to do it with your people and you have a community supporting you, you know, it, it makes it better and it makes it fun. And, and you know interesting and all the parties and everything and all the 24 <laughs> hours it's fantastic <laughs> there's some fun times too going on there right like it's oh, not yeah. all academic work uh there's a, a, a some, some good time parties out there but uh <laughs> that's wonderful and i know and and thank you for touching on the mentorship piece um temi and and i think maybe what you're uh, referring to as the Pass the Glass. And so Pass the Glass is an initiative that was um, actually started a few years ago um, by two of the MBAs who wanted, you know, that they, they saw a gap uh, with women being onboarded to the program. And so they took it upon themselves uh, within the Women in Management Club. And, and this is where you do have autonomy, right, to kind of, to, to branch out and, and to start clubs or or initiatives like I touched on um, where you think that there's going to be benefit to to other individuals to women uh, in the program whatever it might be but they saw um, a need to to really help um, and and they knew that when they were brought into the program that they would have really benefited to to being matched up with a buddy you know maybe someone from a similar background or could be someone who you know, came from the same region or, or shares the same interests, whatever it might be. Um, but this is someone who's in the program who can share their experiences with an incoming student and who is there to lean on uh, right up until the program start. And so this has been um, an initiative that has carried forward and it's, you know, growing every year. And so, uh, yeah, that is something that we're really proud of and, and great feedback from students in the program and, and the prospects. So uh, that's been a, that's been a great uh, achievement. So yeah, thanks for mentioning that. That's amazing. I just want to add one quick thing. I, I don't think we had that club when I was there. And, it, and if we did, it wasn't on my radar. Mm -hmm. but, um, I've really seen a change at Ivy since the time when I graduated until now. I know that they've made a really concerted effort to bring in more female professors. They've been doing some mm -hmm. batch hiring. And I think that's really changed some of the climate. I, I think the conversation is changing around women. I, at the time, I was really trying not to be a woman because I was coming from engineering, which is highly male dominated, trying to get into finance, which is even more highly male dominated. And it was about trying to diminish your differences and, mm -hmm. and fit in. And I, and I think there's still an aspect of that today. But I think having a club where you can, I know during my career, they had women's um, resource groups, and they were really helpful mm -hmm. for navigating some of the challenges with fellow women who understood it 
differently from a lived experience point of view. So I'm really happy to see that that's coming. And then once you become an alumni, there's the Women of Ivy Network uh, that Coletta um, wow. was instrumental in setting up a few years ago, um, mm. feeling that there was a need still to have a place where women who are coming out of the program could meet with other women. Because um, sometimes we are, there weren't that many women in our class um, to begin with. It was, I mean, it was, strong for an MBA class, but it not as strong as it wasn't 50 50. Mm -hmm. And then when you thought looked at how many of those went into finance, it was again, even smaller. So sometimes mm -hmm. if you're looking for um, professional guidance from a mm -hmm. fellow alum, it's a really nice way to grow your network inside of a smaller industry. So mm -hmm. I want to put that on the radar and, and yeah. kudos to Ivy for really um, conscientiously building out um, the strength in their bench and women. Mm -hmm. Well, that that's lovely to hear. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a concerted effort um, across Ivy just to you know grow the presence of um, you know women, of course, and, and marginalized people uh, in the program. All you know to be inclusive, but um, yeah, I mean, women are on our radar, and um, and we are seeking you know to get to that kind of. Um, that that shared uh, ratio of you know fifty to fifty, but uh, we're we're making gains every year, and so we're seeing um, those efforts being rewarded. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, and I know that we're we're getting on in time, and and uh, and so I'm I want to you know be aware and uh, conscientious of that. And so maybe you know final question would be, I guess looking back at your pre-MBA self, um, what advice would you give to women who might be hesitant about taking the MBA journey uh, to where you are now? So now that you've come full circle um, and, you know, talking to your pre-MBA self and now where you are, um, yeah, I guess, what, what, what would you share in, in terms of taking that step and, and advice forward? I can go first. Um, I, it was paradigm shifting. And, and it was um, it was really hard. I, I was living with a partner, and so I left, uh, and and then ended up not making it through the year. It is like drinking from a hot fire hose. So I feel like Manat, your ability to triage would have been really, really um, prominent as a skill in, in doing well in the program. Um, but it it really, I came out a totally different person than I went in I'm not I mean I was still the same but the toolkit was just so broad mm -hmm. and I would really um I know there's a question about math in the Q&A and I would just really like to say it's not about the math or any one particular skill it's about understanding the story or the the crux of the issue and and seeing through it so it, it, it's it's you almost need to be a jack of all trades to some degree and and I think I'm gonna uh, really described it well by saying you bring your strength and you and you and you sort of build your round table with mm -hmm. the pieces that you're not as strong at to get through and to and I think that also teaches you how to leverage and delegate the experience and 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 skills of others and not having to take it all on and trusting that they understand it and 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 at the end of the day it's not about being really good at math it's about being able to understand what it's telling you and what the story is and what the implications of that and, and mm -hmm. what what the problem is centering on and so sometimes the math helps you solve the problem sometimes it's an organizational cultural issue which has nothing to do with math and mm -hmm. you know i think math is probably 
I don't know. I'm I'm numerically minded, so I don't want to take a guess of how much it is because I probably did. I relied on that strength probably a little bit more because that was what I could offer mm-hmm. versus, you know, some of the softer skills mm-hmm. were not really in my wheelhouse. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but just like what you said, right, everyone's got their strengths. And, and so you're going to share those um, and, and others will lean on that. And so it really is um, kind of like a group effort and, and you've got your learning teams that you rely on. And, uh, you know, one is going to take the front seat and drive it uh, for one case, maybe depending on their strength. And sometimes they're going to take the back seat, right? Everyone's got a, a position of leader um, when it's the right time to do so, right? So lots of strengths. Um, and, and there is a reason why you were selected for the program. And that's something to keep in mind um, because we do we do know about the imposter syndrome and why was I selected? And so that brings me to a, a question that was asked here. So um so love hearing all of these different perspectives from the panelists. How did you tackle imposter syndrome during the application process? Anyone? <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I can start. Um, so I certainly had imposter syndrome being a registered nurse, going into a business heavy program naturally. Um, how did I deal with it? I it could be because of my emergency background nature. I just dived right into it. I, I chatted with the network as much as I could. Um, like I said, the recruiting department was fantastic. It was very conversational with them. Um, so any any uh, problem that I addressed to them, they had a solution for it. They um, got they connected me with other people from a healthcare background. So that way, if I had any particular question um, regarding adjusting to a business mindset, they had the resources for me to, you know, uh, tap into. Um, But I think just sorry, just to answer the previous question of like, what advice would I have is have an idea of the direction you want to do post MBA, but be, um, be able to change accordingly. Um, Don't be so gung ho of this is the only direction. No, the MBA will actually broaden your horizon. So be a bit flexible and, and understanding, um, okay, if it's not necessarily this way, maybe we can shift five degrees and proceed that way. Right. Um, But yeah, in terms of like, overcoming imposter syndrome. I think it was trying to make sure I tapped into all resources as possible, have all my questions answered. Um, And the alumni network was incredible for that. So happy I really tapped into that. So I think that helped me the most get over that whole imposter syndrome. And then once I got into the program, it was definitely having that paradigm shift, as Christine said earlier, of just understanding I'm not going to be a professional in finance, and that is a-okay. Let me just understand the base and then move forward. (laughs) So I take it one day at a time, essentially, or one course at a time. (laughs) No, no, that's great advice. That's that's real advice as well. And uh, I know Um, that many can relate to that. So thank you. Um, Tammy, yeah, did you- that, that was a fantastic perspective. I agree. And just to add, to build on that, just be your authentic self, mm-hmm. you know, and when somebody said that to me, you know, I, I spoke with a, a number of people, alumni from Ivy and other, um, you know, good MBA programs. And what, what really stood out to me was them saying, be your authentic self. But I even struggled with that because I was like, well, who is my authentic self? And how do I convey that during the application process? You know, just take a deep breath and tap into 
who you are, your story. Your story is unique. It, it could be it could be as simple as, you know, where you're from, the corner of the globe that you're from mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what's happening in your immediate community and how you want to do something little to just impact that mm -hmm. or change that. It, you know, just put in your very best, write mm -hmm. your story, tell us why you want this MBA, you know, tell mm -hmm. us why it's important to you. If you don't know why, when you talk to people, you'll find things that resonate with you. Mm -hmm. You'd find, you know, perspectives and ideas and you'd be like, oh my goodness, that's really what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And everything will come together, mm -hmm. you know, do well on your, on your, I almost said SATs, <laughs> do well on your, <laughs> on your exam and on the essays, just <laughs> tell yourself, write your story. And like we noted um, prior, the admissions team, they're very fantastic at their jobs. Mm -hmm. They know how to fish out what's really unique about you. And sometimes you're even doubting yourself. You're like, I don't even see what they see. But trust me, you're enough. They see it. Mm -hmm. And when you come to class, you'd see mm -hmm. why. Because you truly yeah. belong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that, want, that's... Oh, oh, sorry, go. Yeah. Oh, no, I just wanted to add to that just a little bit. Um, and then, and also kind of touch on the the part about applications. Mm -hmm. Um. I think, and I think exactly what Tammy said about being unique. Mm -hmm. um, I think my, my, I was really strong on paper, um, mm -hmm. really sort of typical high GMAT score. Um, I was a national level athlete in figure skating before I came. I had, mm -hmm. I had my own company. And so, um, and, and so I thought it would speak for itself. And that's why when the admissions call went poorly, I was kind of like, what? We, like, I should be not a shoe in it. It's not right. I, I, I like, I, I, I was very, I was strong in, on paper. I think that's how mm -hmm. I describe it. But I just really want to compare and contrast that with my husband, who I happened to meet in the class. He didn't have enough work experience. He didn't have a high GMAT. He didn't have high university scores. But what his strength is, is he, is gregarious. He can charm a room. He is able to communicate so effectively and mm -hmm. so well um, that that you just it, he has that gravitas, right? Mm -hmm. And so it isn't one specific thing. You know, he I, I would argue he talked his way into the program. So it's whatever your strength is, just really know it's a very competitive program, and and you know the people you're going to meet are very impressive. So don't rest on like a high GMAT score and, and some mm -hmm. other paper mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that, it's exactly what Temi said. It's about the story and how well you can convey your strength so that when they're looking at these sort of, you know, they, it's almost like a, a stool with three legs. Someone who's strong on paper is one or with strong technical skills, I'd say is mm -hmm. one communicator is another and network is a third. How do you, you know, kind of magically and I know um both Manat and Temi talked about you know constructing the class they're looking mm -hmm. for people who aren't they're not looking for one individual person but so make sure you're as shiny as possible put your best foot forward and don't let anybody say that you don't belong there regardless of just whatever strength you have as long as you think it's enough you can convince someone else it's going to be enough all honestly, like you touched on all of the key points. When I have calls with candidates, it's you, you basically could could have calls with candidates because th this yes. is what we this is what we talk about. It's it's about being your authentic self. It's about, you know, what is your unique story? Um, what is it that you want to share? What you know, what are those identifiable pieces about 
who you are that you want to let shine. Um, and so that can come through in your essays and in terms of um, your video uh, essays as well and your career management interview. We want to know who you are and what you know, how you're going to fit into the program. How will you contribute? Um, it's not all about your GMAT. It's not all about your undergrad scores. You know, I will be very frank about this. We have denied those with 780 GMATs, uh, with stellar uh, resumes. And we've gone with those with a 560 GMAT who have outstanding social skills um, and they want to do the work. That growth mindset, it, it speaks volumes. And so it's about, it's a number of things, but it's really about, you know, being in it. Um, embracing it, embracing the process, um, and being kind of full throttle. Um, and, and so it's what you put into it is what you're going to get out. Right. right. So, so yeah, no, but thank you, ladies. I think, believe it or not, we, we're almost at the full hour. <laughs> and so this was a fantastic conversation. And, um, and so this will be recorded for for the audience uh, tuning in. And uh, this will be circulated onto our admissions uh, website. And so we do have a full podcast series there that you can listen to at your leisure, whether you're going on a walk or on your way to work, whatever it might be, but uh, some fantastic content there. But uh, I just really want to thank my guests this evening, Temi, uh, Christine and Manat, wonderful stories and perspective to share. And, uh, and thank you to our amazing MBAs. And so, um, so if any of you do have questions tuning in, you can always uh, email the MBA at ivy.ca uh, mailbox for questions or, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find, I think, there. Um, and also our, our guests are there as well if you want to connect. And so um, you can always, what we will do is email you following this and, uh, and share the LinkedIn's. So thank you again. And uh, I hope everyone has a great evening. Thanks again, ladies. Thanks for tuning in today. And we hope you've left with a deeper understanding of the Ivy MBA experience. 